Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very pleased to be introducing you to Dr. Amanda Breeze. She is a Christian yoga therapist, a Reiki master, and a pastoral counselor. She's passionate about codependence ministry. Amanda, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So you do a lot of really incredible things. Um, and I love this place that you're playing and, you know, and being a visionary in with kind of the edge of um, you know, religion and spirituality and taking care of people and taking care of ourselves. Can you just tell us a little bit more about, about your work? Yeah. So I really have been passionate about figuring out uh, sort of where the rubber hits road when it comes to recovery in the context of relational trauma. And what I've found on this winding 20 year journey, I've been on myself, uh, specifically dealing with developmental trauma and then uh, dealing with the hard things of life is that there definitely is an intersection between religion and spirituality, which like the 12 step programs are the ones that are from transpersonal psychology, which was the psychology movement that says, Hey, wait a minute. What about the transcendent experience of the divine in our humanity as well? And for me personally, it was really about like coming back to some of my conservative roots as well as being a very spiritual person with a lot of spiritual new age certifications. I spent 10 years on and off living in Mount Shasta, California, which is a spiritual Mecca. People come from all over the world, like interested in spiritual tourism. Um, so I get it done the shamanic work, but also in that realizing at some point for me personally, I couldn't take spiritual tools like meditation, like shamanic work, like prayer and just replace my personal religious worldview that had become my own, that was no longer my parents or my community or my families, but really had got me through the tough stuff. And that relationship with the divine was the mechanism of action that that was healing for me. Um, and that was the stabilizing attachment figure in my life that really got me through all of it. And 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 when it came to facing the crisis of life, the things that are hard to talk about, uh, or deal with for me at least uh, that that road was a very interesting dance to not be in a box, not be in a conservative box, not be in a liberal box, be just where spirit would have me, and being pretty okay with uh, some ambiguity that others aren't when it comes to the words we use to describe the divine, the transcendent, uh, a force higher than oneself, uh, and how that makes some communities a little uncomfortable, and then being okay with this. Uh, middle path and, and and the loneliness that comes with that sometimes. So that's that's where I am. That's where the work has come from. And it has been a long time. Uh, I specifically wrote a dissertation on this topic on faith-based complementary therapies for healing family trauma. Uh, it is my life's work. It's what I'm passionate about, but at the same time, also very humbly just been walking through it myself and just trying to put one foot in front of the other and being like, all right, spirit, where do you have me? What's next? And, and that's where I'm at today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing and yeah. Um, creating this new path. 
that I'm sure other people are also feeling. I mean, you can see that out there in the world where there's like, um, you know, kind of like a foot in two different worlds in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you're forging this path and, and, and sharing about your experience. Cause I think that's a place where a lot of us, like even, even getting that far is a lot further than many people who are thinking it and feeling like trapped and alone. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm so pleased that you're using your voice and sharing your experience. Um, yeah. even though it might feel uncomfortable at times. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, yeah, about your specifically about your offers Mm -hmm. and maybe even just like how that came about for you. Sure. So that process has been, it has been just a whirlwind. So I started out in 2013. I I created my first website that was like, all right, I'm doing it. I've left corporate America and I'm doing the thing where I do spiritual work, which, you know, we go through as, as practitioners. And that was a line in the sand for me, which was like, I'm filing a tax return. I have business cards. I had my own office space where I did massage, Reiki and yoga. And I did, I got my certifications that year in some more of that. Uh, I had been doing that for 10 years prior. So I started out when I was 15 years old, uh, doing Reiki, yoga, and also being very involved in my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this was always my world and having to answer to the church about my yoga and Reiki practice and having to answer to the new age community about my faith and this confusion, like these things can't work. Like you've got to pick a side. And I'm like, no, I'm, I refuse. And um, so in that practitioner journey, it was really the, the first 10 years were sort of just me and and just doing the work. And then the next 10 years, were being on the path. Uh, Specifically, that's when I ended up in Mount Shasta. And that was definitely a lot of spiritual community. And a lot of this mix sort of like there's a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, rednecks in the Mount Shasta community. But there's also a lot of spiritual folks who are into the the, the Lemuria and the spiritual tourism and the Mecca that that is. And so I felt like I was at home because I could just be whatever I was on the journey. And it would kind of go back and forth where it's like, I'm a little more this way. I'm a little more that way. Um, But I was finding my, my personal residence there. And it, during that time, I found that it was much less about having a sort of personal private practice of one-on-one practitioner work. It was more like Uh, the bhakti yogi path of just being on the spiritual journey and sort of having this pastoral anointing where people just would share their stuff with me. They'd just be like, this is what's going on in my family. And this is what's going on, like with these domestic violence or sexual assault concerns. And like, they just felt like they could share and being a container for that and being sort of fluid as I continued on my educational journey. And it was last year that I graduated with my doctorate finally on that journey uh, and going to school forever. And when I went after I finished my dissertation, I'm like, okay, I need something more solid in the world that is more of the form piece, uh, a, a more like this is what I do formally, not just this is what I'm kind of doing in the world. And I'm, I, I have different office spaces, but I don't, but I do, but I don't. And I'm seeing people, but I'm going to school and I'm also a busy single mom. Like this needs to be more organized. And so that's when I put together this current website that I have and came up with my current brand called Yoga Relationship. And that is my container now, which the offer is specifically an online course that is certified with Yoga Alliance and the International Association of Yoga Therapists. 
And there's a 15 hour and 50 hour version of that course, which is specifically to equip spiritual practitioners with the tools of recovery and specialize in relational trauma. And so that is the offer. That's what I do when it comes to this container. And then I have a part-time job working victim witness as a victim advocate uh, at my local courthouse, which I find very fulfilling and fuels the rest of this. And that is what I have in terms of a caseload of of working with with individuals. And and that's where I've arrived today. Uh Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I know you've had um, some openings and some excitement with, um, yeah, with all of the work that you're doing, um, and especially recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a place where you're feeling some blockages, I guess, as well. Can you just share a little bit about that, too? Yes, I'm feeling like I'm at this turning point where I have this container that is super clear, and I really, being an eternal student, I feel this sense of completion that's like, okay, I. I've done my due diligence to certify, to comply with societies. Like we need, we need to have this organization around, around education. Um, and then just since you and I had first connected, have had this, this new position coming in as well that has been supportive um, of really being an answer to my prayer in terms of working with individuals. But I'm feeling like I'm at this crossroads where, um, so I, I, like I, I, the vision I get is that I'm in a hallway and it's like, I've left this one room where I was before that felt very comfortable. And I'm like heading down to another room, but I'm stuck in the hallway still. Mm-hmm. And I, my guess, my question for source for spirit is like, okay, where from here? And it just feels like there's so much hope and there's so much a possibility, but it does not feel yet. Like I have made it down the hallway to this next room. And so that's my blockage. That's my question. That's my, like, what, what, I guess, what do I need to know? Where am I going? Where stuck? Yep. 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 Got it. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. I'm just going to tune in here a little bit and feel, um, I'm curious when you think about, when you think about the yoga of relationship taking off, Mm-hmm. what comes up for you? What comes up is I have done all of the the guidance, right? Where it's like, okay, you just need to do this other sales funnel. You just need to refine this like landing page. You just, you need to refine this e- email sequence, which I had no idea a year ago, like what I was into. And I DIY'd it myself. Like I did my own, bought a template, built the website, built the back end with the course. It's a 50 hour course. That's like on demand. And I just feel like every time I've gone to give up, there's been another student, there's been another, someone who finds this helpful. There's been another purchase. So I don't give up, but it's, it seems to me at this point, like, like I kind of need spirit to step in and take it off. Or I, I, I feel like, I don't know, like it's a great container of like, yes, as far as a yoga therapy offering, this is this is what I want to do. And it's super clear. Mm-hmm. Like I could spend the next 20 years like, yeah, that's my offer in the yoga therapy community. And it's built and it's clear. And it's like this one thing. Uh, but at the same time, it equally feels like in the digital marketing world, like, mm, but if it was good enough, it would go. And that's where I'm stuck is like, because it's not going. I feel like, am I doing something wrong? Do I push harder? You know, I've run ads. Do I run more ads? Is it is it a data problem? Is it a I need someone 
or is it Amanda? You're not, you're not getting it. <laughs> We're trying to send you somewhere else and you're the hang up. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Oh my goodness. I feel you so much here. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, and I feel like that's the underlying question of like, I think a lot of us go through that as practitioners where we build something and you put a lot of energy and work into building it. And then it's like part of us wants to just make it work. Mm -hmm. And part of us is like already looking onward to the next thing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then we end up also having like our feet in two different worlds and it's Mm -hmm. sort of like which one, and then the energy gets split. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh. Yeah. And the world of coaching, you can go down a very expensive rabbit hole with people telling you for $10,000 just to change these three words. Yes. That's, and that's where I'm at is spirit. Am I being a good financial steward? Cause I've DIY this. So it's like, I've, I've saved so many thousands of dollars on like not hiring someone to be, come in and be like, let me fix this for you. But now I'm at that point of, of humility of like, okay, I need some clarity here. Like, do I keep leaning into it or is this a poor use of resources to keep leaning into something that's not going yet? Or am I being impatient? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of feeling around a little bit as you, um, so I'm also curious, like, what would be your ideal way of selling it, of introducing it, to getting it into the hands of people? Ideally, it would just work with the ad spend. The ad spend would just do what ad spends do, (laughs) where they they pay for themselves and they generate leads. And I'm not always having to be on social media. I don't mind doing some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is not my goal to organically be out there having to just, because I did that that year where it was like, this is my life, Mm -hmm. trying to build this presence and build a community. And I'm like, that's not it. I've got a three-year-old at home. So it's like my time is so limited when it comes to hitting record and having a quiet moment. So it's like I have stewarded what I could. Every nap time, every bedtime, every quiet place to make content. But at this point, that's my heart's desire is like I see all day long these ads that successfully get me to click and and mine are not working for others, but they work enough. I never give up. Yeah. (laughs) I get enough buy-in that it's like... May as well not quit at the finish line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. My first business was like that too, where it was like just on the edge all the time. Yeah. So it was like going well enough that it didn't feel like I should stop, but not going well enough that I was constantly like, what am I doing? <laughs> yes. Yes. That is where I am. Yeah. So, um, okay. So just checking back in with that question, like, If it did take off, what is your reaction? I <clears throat> Maybe this might be a good spot to kind of close the eyes for a moment. Okay. And just feel into the body with like that, like if that happened, if it started doing well, if you imagine it doing well, what do you notice happening in your body? I feel so relaxed and calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like... There, there's a sense of uh, just a, like a deep relief, like a like an exhale of <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm tuning into that vision that you kind of, that you explained of being, feeling like you're in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that feels to me, like I keep seeing, um, maybe like your eight-year-old self keeps showing up for me here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll just kind of tune into her and see if we can get clearer with her. Um, and as you tune into her, what do you notice? I'll just have you kind of rattle off anything you notice about how she looks and feels. So I'm getting a memory of, um, my eighth birthday party where I ride my, I ride the three wheeler with my dad on the farm. And that's like what we do every year for my birthday that I remember for some reason, it's like being really special. Um, and just like very connected to him and super grateful. Um, and then coming back. And having this party with my whole extended family. And on that eighth birthday that day, I end up hit in the jaw with a baseball bat by my cousin accidentally. And it just was, it turned into like this sort of super traumatic end of this day. But I just had this weird feeling that like that was the last time I would ever be happy or something was that day. And Mm -hmm. like my life kind of stops being technicolor after that. There's something about that time period. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're tuning into the eight-year-old now, is she in that sort of like, like down state? Yeah. Yeah. The way she shows up for me is like almost like in the hallway, sort of like sitting on the floor, just kind of like crouched. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to just get a little closer to her. Mm -hmm. and I'm actually curious if you can identify like I feel like I hear like a thought on repeat I wonder if you can hear what that is the only thing that comes to mind that I can pick into it is just like that you'll never be good enough Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So just based on the, the memory, um, what I'm also curious about, well, this might not come from memory. We can just play with like what is showing up right here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> do you, can she show us or remember what was happening like literally in the moment right before she got hit? The only thing I get is just that that was like a, a really like paramount kind of like happy family moment of just, and then it all kind of came crashing down into like, yeah, and this is to be expected that this would all apart. Mm-hmm. The other shoe dropping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, don't expect good things because this is what this what this is what you should expect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm curious, um, like that feels like it comes from maybe just some, some of the larger like family beliefs, not that they're necessarily wrong, but just like generational things. Yep. This is, this is how life is. This is the story of how we, how we should expect life to unfold for us. Yeah. Yeah. So what comes through to me or what I'm curious about and also knowing a little bit about you is like this intersection, like what I hear from this little one is like this situation where she's like the, as far up as you go means you go down that far. Mm, Yep. And that it feels like she's taking this on as like affirmation that this is correct. Like this is right. This is the right way. This is the way that life is. Mm-hmm. And and here is the evidence. Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, you're also in this world and in this work of bouncing between these two boxes of mm-hmm. like, I'm right, they're wrong. Yep. Or vice versa. Um, just sit with this for a second here. Um, so I'd love to look at, I'd love to look at what happens specifically with getting hit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like your little one that feels, that's where the conflict feels like to me. It feels like she both knows it was an accident and also knows that it wasn't mm-hmm. or thinks that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can just tune into her a little bit and it might help to, yeah, close your eyes or do what you need here to um, just ask her what, I feel like she has, she has blame for this cousin because he was also kind of a whirlwind of danger in his own way that did hit her. And then she also feels blame, I think, for herself of standing too close and being negligent because it was um, uh, pinata they were hitting with baseball mm-hmm. bat. Mm-hmm. And then also this message afterwards, like uh, seeing stars, feeling like she was going to pass out and not being taken to the hospital or something, because that was part of the the narrative, too, is like we don't we don't do that, like unless somebody's dying and, and just feeling like that sense of like maybe not being worth any follow up care. Like I still deal with job pain to this day mm-hmm. and TMJ. And maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that sticks out to me is when you said, um, you know, kind of seeing stars Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious if this, if this particular time might have also sort of started to wake you up mm-hmm. to other things. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like there was like a in a way sort of like knocked you out of the paradigm. 
yeah, really interesting while also confirming it at the same time. Yeah. Yes. So I can see how that relates to the hallway where it's like, well, which one is it here? Mm -hmm. Um, So let's get closer to her. Let's sort of pick her up or like let her stand up. And I would love to hear from her. Actually, I just want to hear some of the things that make her happy. Spending time with family when that's going well. Um, Yeah, when mom and dad are getting along makes her happy. Not being around her brother makes her happy. Um, School, love school. A few friends, being outside, being in nature, playing like out in the woods, reading, music. Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, it feels like there's a place where we can loosen up her grip on feeling like she, it's her job to fix those relationships. Like I'm almost seeing her sort of like in the crossfire of the relationships. <clears throat> yes. Um, where it feels like she thinks that that was about her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so... Um, what I actually would love to do is can we, well, let's just check in with her right now. And Mm -hmm. like, again, I'll have you just kind of name like what you notice about how she's feeling in this moment, how she's looking. Mm, I think she just seems very curious about what we're talking about. Like, yep. mm -hmm." And then also my daughter just popped through who is three. Mm -hmm. um, And she all of a sudden was just like right here. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) What's going on here? And I think my, like, definitely like my inner child is very triggered by my daughter's age and what I went through. And so there's maybe some connection here of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll, I'll name this piece that is coming through that yeah your spirit is curious and wants to learn how things work Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that like is this about me or isn't it this is true this is not true um 
feels related to this where it's like, it's not about you. It's not about her as a little one. That's the cause, but it is about her and that she wanted to study how this works. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she could, does she like being in this hallway? <laughs> Um, this hallway, it feels uncomfortable. It's like having been somewhere and trying to get somewhere else that feels more settled. This is more of the like, on the run of life, like moving around a lot, doing this, doing that, but like kind of ready to be done with that. Like, where's the point where we kind of unpack our bags here and like, go in the room and just be there instead of into the transition of whatever this place is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm curious about is actually knocking down the walls. Mm, yeah. So I wonder if she can stop. <laughs> what I'm curious about is her actually knocking down the walls with a with a bat with a bat. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yep. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh yeah, she thinks that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I keep seeing her like standing on the mountain of rubble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I see a bright sunny area now where there's no, whatever the dark spooky hallway is gone and it's just sun, sunshine. And, but it's like, looks outdoors it doesn't look like a room anymore it doesn't look like a house it looks like just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like so I wonder about building a home here Mm -hmm. that is what she wants Cause there's like, again, coming to that like conflict where it's like, it's like, well, I'm not that. And I'm not that either. Yep. Exactly. And so I don't want to be stuck in these boxes. Mm-hmm. So let me break them all down, but then there's nothing. And yes. now I'm just floating. <laughs> yep. Exactly. The floating is the part that's getting old. That's like, Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's go ahead and just, you can, you know, inquire with her about what she would like to have built like what her dream building is she's got a house there's like a bridge a rainbow bridge between two houses and it's like one in mount shasta and one in here and i know it's not a physical house this is spiritual but like to her that is home is both and somehow Mm. like this is breaking out of all the boxes like i i need these things to somehow both be they're like these two cute little tiny houses that are like super adorable and, you know, like probably part of some intentional community or something <laughs> like nothing Midwestern standard, you know, like this is how we do life looking. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That feels so that resonates for me so much, um, you know, especially like 
Well, again, just in the world and in sort of like the coaching healing work world where there's also a lot of like, you have to know who you are and define it and then like put it into this beautiful brand and present it and yes. it has to be really clear. And yes. Like, if it's not, it's because you don't know yourself yet or you're not in your power yet. <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's like exactly. kind of be at, I mean, I think for some people that's the path mm-hmm. and that's, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get like kind of misaligned is that if we're not that it's somehow not correct yeah, or less than. And <clears throat> I really like this place of just permission to be able to just be both, to be able to be multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of us are again, like kind of like this, like defined thing that has like the specific thing, but also some of our defined specific things is the gift of being able to be both. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the bridge. Mm-hmm. 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 So I'm curious, I don't know where this will go, but I'm curious with her because I can feel the power of her being the bridge, seeing that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if she didn't have to be the bridge that fixed the relationships with people, what she would want to do. I think the, 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 like she, she just, I feel like she is such a caged bird like trying to fit into I apologize this isn't like completely well thought through or anything but it's like mm-hmm. spending two years here in the Midwest trying to fit in here still not fitting in here but this is where all my family's from spending two years back in Shasta then trying to like get out of the cage not being close to any family still not completely fitting in back there and like this has been going on for like 10 years of just physically going, moving back and forth. And I think that's her, like never feeling home, never feeling, cause it's just, there, there seems it's a, this weird and trying to figure out a life that doesn't involve fixing relationships, fixing people. I think it really involves looking at like travel being free, but also not just being this ungrounded, untethered thing either. And it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 what do you sense um yeah there is a there is a piece there where what feels like um being mobile feels like a match yes yep um And, uh, it also makes me think of, um, like one of the, one of the, I think from this kind of path, like one of the things that can happen is, um, when we're like not conscious or when we're little, then, um, everything that happens around us sort of like we we respond and we try to change internally to like accommodate it or fix it. But then the gift on the reverse side is when we can be at home in ourselves, then, what actually like it flips and we actually can change everything else around us instead of us having to change. Right. And um, I actually like, I feel like I can see her like up there on the rainbow bridge. 
and I wonder just about her like almost dropping a root or an anchor like right into her right into your like belly or solar plexus Mm -hmm. yes anchor was the word I've been getting like I need the anchor to be home here regardless Mm -hmm. of home Mm -hmm. physically but that's a huge part of not fixing other people is being okay with what other people they need that from me seems like this like can you park it and can you be this and can you and it's like I gotta just wherever I am Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the way up Mm What does she need to hear? What would help her know that that it it wasn't about her, that it wasn't her fault or her responsibility even? Yeah, just that she has no control over other people and how other people behaved or act or acted and... And that she doesn't have to do that with people like professionally to try to save them or fix them or or her relationships. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. words aren't working well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like um it might help her to know that she just gets to to do what she wants now. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to, with her here now, give her the experience. Maybe we can bring in some, like I'm feeling or seeing some like radiance or gold light or something, you know, like that feeling that she had when she was on top of the world from her birthday party. Mm. And I'd love for her to have an opportunity to, experience that just as a standalone without the fallout at the end yeah let's take a minute and give that to her I'm actually like, I'll name this piece here. So um, related to your offer, to me, what feels like the tweak or the shift is Mm -hmm. less about whether you're in or out and more about like selling this means you get to let go of being the one that fixes it. Like you're actually just gifting this work to other people to do. Mm, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, then it doesn't seem heavy. Yep. And like moving from the like, this is my work and that I need to fix these relationships to 
y'all get to do this. Yeah. <laughs> a great time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, how does that feel? How does that feel? How does that feel for you, for her? Like it it felt before like I was in trouble for something. Like even in this business, like the people who watch, like the watchers, like whoever the authority figures are in my life, whoever the, it's like that I was sort of being like vetted by like maybe people from my past or these distant, whatever. And, or even whatever trolls on the internet, like what does she think she's doing? And now it feels like I'm no longer in trouble with somebody or God or whatever. Like, it's just like, no, yeah, of course you're supposed to be doing this. What are you talking about? Like, and it doesn't have to be anything or turned into it. It's just like, this is just who you are and what you've been doing. What do you mean you're worried about whether or not to keep running ads? Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not in trouble. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm just checking back in with her one more time too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how does that? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that she needs in this moment or wants? Just, I think a little bit of like, it just never seems to come up. And obviously today it it is, but in like spiritual work or Reiki sessions or whatever, like specifically this ministry doesn't seem to like make it to the t- it used to, but it hasn't recently. Some sort of like from my guides or whatever, like, uh, yeah, yep, you're not crazy. If we tell you to keep working on this, like, yep. For some reason, the self-doubt is just like weirdly unfounded. Like, of course you hear from spirit and you're guided. And if this is what you're guided to do, like you can trust it. It's okay to trust what you get and it'll change. Things will change. It Maybe next week it'll be different. But mm-hmm. right now, like, it's okay. Reassurance is what she's still, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the last piece I get there. Mm-hmm. My question actually is like, who needs to reassure who here? Who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> It feels like a little bit of both to me too. Mm-hmm. And well, this is going to get a little bit trippy here maybe, but I, the, it's the question that's coming. So like if she is a bridge, like if her soul incarnated to be a bridge in, in many ways, my way I'm seeing her is like her as the bridge from you to what? What is she as the bridge? Let me see how to phrase this. What is she bridging for you? What's the, on the other side of her as the bridge? Does that make sense? Um. Do you sense anything that's trying to be an answer that I'm not getting? <laughs> like I'm like I'm I'm having that moment of like a kid who is trying to give the right answer to the teacher as opposed to just what's trying to show up and feeling yeah. like 
Great. Uh, I'm yeah. An answer that I don't know the answer to. What do you mean? <laughs> That's great because I don't have any. I don't have the answer. Yeah. I just had okay. the question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what I see mm-hmm. is like you, and then like she's like this rainbow bridge, and so I'm just curious what's on the other side of the rainbow bridge. Like, what is that connected to or anchored to? I think that's the problem is that there's something that sh- like when I was trying to walk down this hallway, is there's some anchor that is missing that either it's a person or a, a living situation or something with the career, or I don't know what it is, but it feels like there's this like other anchoring thing. That's something that's what is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, is this where it's God? Yes, exactly. Like what, what? Yes. God. Yep being the anchor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 So go ahead. Oh, did you? Yeah. No, that's just, that's it. Yep. God. Yep. 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 <laughs> yes. And amen. Mm-hmm. To close this. Mm-hmm. Um, what does she want people to know about God? That God is so much closer and kinder and more loving than they could ever imagine or yeah. The love of God is like, is so real and is true love, like this love that is divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Got me all teary-eyed over here. <laughs> oh, my heart has grown like four sizes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just bring this in. I'll have you just kind of for a closure. Um, we'll close your eyes one more time and imagine some some light coming down from above, coming around your body, maybe in and through your body, kind of making its way through. Knowing what it's like to be filled up. And then letting the light connect down to the earth and anchor in there as well. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. There's so many other things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. Right. And at the same time, I feel like so complete. Yeah. Yep. Like so little words are needed when things can just be so connected. And I appreciate, mm-hmm. appreciate your time today so much. Thank you. Me as well. Me as well. Okay. I'll be um, sharing the links of how folks can get in touch with you um, either about um, your yoga of relationship offer, which is gorgeous. Um, and you. if you don't mind, or getting in touch with you with navigating this place, I know that's growing in a lot of people. And I think a lot, especially in women of, um, you know, 
spirituality and Christianity and receiving and that meeting place. Um, so I'll be sharing um, your links in the show notes and um, I encourage people to check you out. You're doing really beautiful work. Thank you so much for showing up in the world in this way. Likewise. Thank you for your work in the world. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership? If you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about Shaman School and growing your spiritual business on our website, HoltonHealingArts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business, and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. An interesting question from one of our members of the Leading with Spirit Facebook group is how to heal someone remotely and quickly when time is of the essence. And actually, my best advice for you here is to, as best you can, let go of any worry. As much as you can release of worrying, this is going to help the person that you're worrying about. Because when we worry, when we're concerned, when we believe that someone else is suffering, this reinforces that it is true for that person. We are very sensitively and energetically connected. And so when we lock into a belief, it increases the chance that the other person will also lock into that belief. So if you really want to help somebody else, then let go of the belief that they're suffering and you will often find very fast results. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.